Well, welcome back to the Unbound podcast. Uh, this is an unusual and record-setting day because for the first time ever, Ben Billups isn't hosting the Unbound podcast. Instead, <laughs> I get to do it. Uh, my name is Jonathan Brush. I get to be the president and CEO of Unbound, which is just as awesome as it sounds. And I'm joined today with a special, by a special guest, uh, Jonathan Dagrath. And so this is the Jonathan Squared podcast. You're going to get a double yep. dosing of Jonathan's, and that should either terrify the living daylights out of you or make you really excited. And uh, you can <laughs> let us know in the comments which it is, perhaps after you've listened to this episode. Uh, but Jonathan has a great background. He is a, a graduate of Unbound and then was also a coach for Unbound in the past, has gone on to some various other career opportunities and things, which we're going to talk about here in a second, and is here to talk uh, to us about all things career. Now, just before this started, we were joking. So if, if, if you have no previous background with us, um, then you can just let that stand as it is. But if you're a student and you've been around for a while, uh, Jonathan hits the rare trifecta. He was a college <laughs> plus student and graduate, a Lumerit coach, and is now working with Unbound. And uh, we're partnered up with Jonathan as he's providing a bunch of uh, career and professional uh, content material for us, as you'll see here shortly. And right now, Jonathan is working as a professional career coach, which is the reason mm -hmm. I have him on this podcast, the reason we're partnered with him here for Unbound, and the reason we're really excited to uh, share with you some of the things that Jonathan has learned. Uh, we caught him running around. As you can see, we've got him in the car, but in case you're worried about the safety aspects of things, uh, I understand it's not moving. So we're-, we're <laughs> we, I am not moving. Not, not moving. Not so moving. We'll, we'll, we won't have this end in a, in a terrible scene here in the middle. Um, but yes. so- <laughs> Pick up the story for us, Jonathan. Obviously, you uh, graduate. I don't know. Did you come to work and coach for um, Unbound close after graduation? Did you have something in between there? Yeah. So I graduated from College Plus in 2014. If I can, if I think, I think that's right. I graduated in 2014, and then really soon after that, like I, in my last two coaching calls we were talking about what it's like to be a college plus coach. Cause I got a lot of great impact from my coach and I wanted to help turn around and do that for other people. And so it was probably about six months after I had officially graduated that I was asked to come on and help coach in the college plus prep program. So that was for like the, the, like, 15, 16 year olds. I had a couple of 13 year olds, which was a really interesting experience. Um, but yeah, so the college plus prep program. Great. So then uh, you did that. And then uh, the coaching department was closed uh, at that time with the, the way things were going with the company. Um, so went on to do some other things. So tell us about your career afterwards, because I know you wound up uh, at the end at JCPenney. Uh, well, the, not the yeah. end. You could say the beginning. I spent some time there. But so tell us a little bit about your uh, professional track after you left coaching with uh, Lumerit. Yeah. So it was, it turned out really great for me at the transition point when Lumerit decided to restructure how they wanted to do coaching. I was right in the middle of my master's degree. So as I was starting being a college plus prep coach, I also was starting my master's degree program. So by the time Lumera decided to restructure their coaching program, I went ahead and was like, that's totally fine with me and just focus full time on my master's degree program. Mm -hmm. And from there, I had about eight months after I graduated to when I started my job at JCPenney. So I learned a lot about um, how to find a job, the best way to do that. And I started a job at JCPenney in their HR department, and that was going pretty well up until like six months ago now. Well, actually, no, it'd be about a year now. And I started to have, there started to just be some rocky things in um, my work environment. And then JCPenney itself was not in a great financial situation. And then COVID happened earlier this year. And JCPenney filed for bankruptcy. And in that process, I was let go from the company and took that opportunity, took that opportunity to really kind of lean into this career development because I know that there are a lot of students who are like me who they graduate and you're kind of like, okay, great. Like my parents told me this is what I needed to do. And now we're at the end of it. What do I do next? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to turn around and pass along a lot of the things that I had learned about 
how do you find a job that's not just any job, but the job that you actually want and that gets you on the path to what God has called you to do? So that all combines to put like kind of an interesting background. I just want to sort of bring that up to the forefront for our, our listeners here. So it's always valuable to have somebody uh, be able to talk to you about what has happened and, and what they've just learned, who's close to your experience, right? Because you, know, you can relate to them mm-hmm. in some ways and you're like, you know, you're not telling me what it was like. And especially in today's time and age where technology is so fast, right? Uh, you have yeah. somebody say, oh, well, when I was getting a job and you think, well, yeah, it was 30 years ago and you probably put your application on a typewriter. And does that really apply to me? So it's really helpful to have somebody. So I just went through some of this stuff and that's fine. But sometimes a friend that just went through that stuff, uh, they had to do this. this. This is what I did. This worked for me. You should do the exact same things because yeah. that's how people tend to think, you know, whatever worked for me will work for everybody. It's a universal applicability. And so just do this, you'll be fine. And of course, that's not particularly useful. So we have a unique situation here with Jonathan. Uh, in many ways, he is a young professional. Well, he is a young professional. I mean, he's yeah. just starting yeah. out in his career. He's just done this. And if you think about this, uh, here's somebody who graduated from a program like Unbound, graduated from Unbound, not like Unbound, graduated from Unbound. So a non-traditional higher education path. Uh, has a traditional then graduate education, so got his master's degree, so has that aspect of it. Uh, went to work for what would have been a small, just out of startup range company. At the time, that's what LaMerit would have been. Uh, went mm-hmm. to work for a large corporate structure. JCPenney is sort of old school, and of course, maybe yeah. old extinct school. Uh, went through yeah. a really difficult yeah. time in terms of you know witnessing what happened with COVID and what had happened with bankruptcy and what happened with just a working for a I guess we could say it, a dinosaur that's being threatened by the new technology and those kinds of things. Yeah. And there's a lot to be learned from that. Most of it, I'm sure, fairly painful. And yet, yeah. <laughs> able to process all of that because of your coaching background, right? So as a trained coach, exactly. your job is to kind of break this stuff down and figure out how to teach it and to teach it not by sort of lecturing about it, but by helping people figure their way through it by asking questions. So I just bring all that out to say that what we're going to go through next is coming from somebody who's short doesn't have decades of experience, that might be actually useful. This is really fresh, raw, right out of the gates type experience. And yet from somebody who has been trained and taught on how to kind of take that, interpret it and uh, apply it to people. And so I think that's kind of a unique combination. Mm -hmm. You typically get one or the other. You get somebody who's well-trained perhaps, but has loads of experience. Some of it may be kind of outdated, not fresh. Or you get somebody who's fresh, but doesn't really know how to do that, thinks that whatever applies to everybody. And you're in a unique situation yeah. where you have a little bit of both. Uh, it's, it's fresh. Uh, maybe you don't have tons of experience, but it's fresh. You have some serious experience and you have training on how to apply that experience. So with that as our background, um, let me just ask you a series of questions and kind of see if we can get straight to the heart of what is going on for students who may be listening to this. So let mm-hmm. me give you this first scenario. Uh, I'm a student and I'm short of graduation. What I mean by that is that I'm not in my senior year, right? So I'm more than, yeah. if we're in a traditional college setting, uh, we're more than 30 credits away from graduating. So I'm a freshman, sophomore, junior of some kind. Or or if I'm not in a traditional college setting, uh, I'm still in a position where I'm working part-time and will be for some time. I'm living mm-hmm. at home. I don't have to go full career stuff. Um, I'm in whatever kind of, I'm in that sort of in-between stage, right? I'm starting to realize that on the horizon are looming some big decisions about my career. And I'm probably going to have to do something about that. And yet it's not pressing. You know, it's not something I have to figure out. Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not looking to try to pay rent or pay the bills, something like that. I've still got other things going on. What would you say, Jonathan, what are some of the things that those people should be thinking about now when it comes to thinking about their career and profession and those kinds of things? What, what, what's, what are the questions mm-hmm. they should be asking? Right yeah, so that's a great question. And for the basic framework that really anyone, whether you're a student who's looking forward to graduation that's a little ways off, or you're about to graduate, or even if you're the young professional that's like, look, I got a job because that's what I had to do, but it's not something I love to do. There's really like this three-stranded cord. And, you know, like in Ecclesiastes, when it talks about a, a cord of three strands isn't easily broken, there's this cord of three strands that gets you to what God has called you to do and doing work that really fulfills you. And that is one, getting clarity on who you are and who God has called you to be. And that what that looks like a lot is like, what are your interests? What are your passions? What are you good at? Um, What are the things that you love learning about? What are the things that you love talking about? And really like navigate, the navigate course does a great job of helping 
start facilitating that conversation. The second part is getting connections and um, people call this networking, but it's really just talking with people who are in your field that you're interested in, that you want to start pursuing. And then the third part is, um, I call it stewardship, but it's really just about um, taking the opportunities that are in front of you and doing your absolute best in those opportunities, whatever it looks like. And as you do those three things, get greater clarity, continue making connections and steward what God has put in front of you really well, then you'll start to see like, hey, this is what God has really put me on this earth to do. And um, another thing is that you should not really expect to get your absolute dream job right after you graduate college, because at 23, like when I graduated with my master's degree at 23, I thought I knew what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Now I've had more experiences just over the last two years. And what I wanted to do at 23, I know now that's not what I want to do. So don't expect to be like, oh, I know exactly what I want to do out of college. And I want to get a dream job doing that. Like, Pursue something like that, but also know that's probably not going to be what you want to do after you have more life experiences. So that's the basic framework, those three things, clarity, connection, and stewardship. So if you're a student looking forward to graduation, but you're not super close to it, I'm really excited that that's where you are because you have a lot of time to be able to explore some different things. So Really, the biggest thing that I would encourage you to do right now is just think about what are the things that you love to do? What are the things that you're really interested in learning more about and doing? And just go start doing it. So if you love working with youth or if you love working with elderly or anything like that, start going to volunteer for those things. And find find the people who are doing what it is that you want to do and volunteer to work for them. You know, I know that um, there seems to be a huge portion of the Unbound community that is really interested in entrepreneurship and starting their own business. And I think that's great. And one of the things I wish somebody had told me when I was starting was, if you want to start your own business doesn't it make sense to go work for somebody who has started their own business and is successful in that? So like there is absolutely nothing wrong with going to work for someone who's an entrepreneur in the way you want to be and just working for them and learning more about how did they start their business? What does that look like? And then as you get that experience, then you'll get a much better idea of what it is that you want to do. So if you are that, student right now, I highly suggest like, just go try stuff for like a month or two or three months and then sit back and think, what did I like about it? What did I not like about it? And then, and then do it over again. You know, like the, in the creation story, God creates something and then separates it. So he creates light and then separated, separates dark from light. And then he makes the water and the expanse in it. And then he separates the water on earth and the sky. And so like, that's a lot of what you need to be doing right now is just go try something, look at what do I like? What do I not like? And then go do something that's closer to what it is that you like. And then what do you like? What do you not like? And go to something that's close to that you like. So that's really what I would encourage you as a student to be doing right now. There's so many things there that you said that I think are so important and uh, and happily echo a lot of things that we talk about in Navigate. And if anybody's been through our Navigate or most recent Navigate program, we're in it currently, I should say, uh, there's going to be some things that you should certainly recognize coming from somebody other than me. And so it might be some nice validation <laughs> there. Uh, but one thing, and you kind of reiterate this in the entrepreneur thing, and I think that it's so important. I want, you, I want those of you who are listening to sort of catch this thing. Jonathan said very clearly, do not expect to get your dream job out of college. Don't even expect to be in your dream career. In fact, it's pretty good to have the expectation that you're not even in your dream field. And I just want to kind of let that set and percolate for a moment. Like think that through. Even if you want to be an entrepreneur, you hear him saying, don't go out and start by being an entrepreneur. 
that would be your dream job. Yes. Right? That's not where you should start. Yes. You should start someplace else working for somebody. You would be amazed how much pain you'll save yourself down the line, having learned some of those things. But I want everybody to just hear that as an as a enormous stress relief. Uh, you don't have to know. Let, let me just hit some myths that I get all the time, having worked college mm-hmm. career tables for 20 plus years now. Uh, you don't have to know what your final destination is. You don't have to know what your final job is. You don't even have to know what your final career or your final field or what final area that you want to work in is at all. You don't have to know any of those things. Uh, instead, if you're a student and you're completing your education or you're just getting an education and working a part-time job and just learning how to pick up some skills and experience, uh, Jonathan said to focus on three things, stewardship. In other words, doing well with whatever you've been given. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and navigate, by the way, we call this having an attitude of mastery. Wherever you are, yeah. focus on yeah. getting as good as you can at something that you can choose there. Pick something in whatever you're doing and really focus on mastering that and moving up. So that's good stewardship. Um, clarity and that and, and navigate, we talk about the importance of a review. So, you know, just make sure you're stopping occasionally and say, okay, uh, the last three times I had to pick something in master, I picked things that look like this. What does that mean? Are those connected in any way? Is, is, was that completely random? Sometimes it is. Or is it strange that now I think about that, I always pick the things that have me talking to people, or I always have the things that don't have me talking to people, or I always have the things that have me organizing things, or whatever it is. Like, so make sure you get pursue that clarity, which is sort of a reflection looking back. And then the last one he talked about was um, connection. So do not despise the fact that the people that you're meeting now and the people that you're learning from now are the people that are likely going to be opening the doors for you in the future or at least teaching mm-hmm. the skills that are going to open up the doors for you in the future. So, so yeah, I love that, that uh, those three things, stewardship, clarity, and connection, and, and even more so say, Hey, these are just the things that if you would focus on this, you're going to be in really great shape and it's okay. Yeah. If you don't know all the other answers and man, Jonathan, so many times I have students who are 16 and absolutely out of their mind because they don't know what they're going to retire as. And uh, I yeah. find that laughable sitting in this part of my life, but I was that 16-year-old who was completely stressed out at that end of my life, thinking that I was going to be an ultimate failure, that I was never going to have work that I loved, that I would hate my job for the rest of my life because I didn't have the foggiest idea what I wanted to do at 16, at 18. And honestly, man, I didn't have the foggiest idea what I wanted to do at 30. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was still trying yeah. to figure things out. Um, so I think that's great news. So that's, that's awesome stuff. Well, let's push forward a little bit. Um, so that's one thing to say, okay, steward well what you've got, connect, look for that clarity. But now I'm a senior, you know, I'm coming into my graduating mm-hmm. year. And um, so, hey, this is this is something that came from me. You know, I was a senior. I was engaged to be married. That part I had a lot of clarity about, but I had no idea yeah. <laughs> how I was going to pay for anything. And I was afraid that my father-in-law was going to start out, you know, my future father-in-law was going to start to ask pointed questions about that. So there could be any scenarios yeah. like that. You know, you're a senior, you're coming up, you're kind of like, Ranging from, boy, I need a job because maybe you're engaged, something like that, or I need a job because mm-hmm. everybody's going to be asking me, or I need a job because my parents are starting to make broad hints about how they'd like to start Airbnb in my room. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what, is, what is it? <laughs> yes. What is it that we should be doing? We should tell the folks we do, like, you're a senior, things are getting a little bit more real now. What are some of the best yep. career moves they could be making as a senior in college? Or if you're not in college and doing something non traditional, you're within 12 months of a big change, 12 months of being independent yeah. in some fashion. Yeah. So the biggest thing, again, so keep coming back to the clarity, the connection, the stewardship, that will always be your framework and your base. So even if that's all you focused on, like you'd be light years away from anyone else looking for a job right now um, in regards to like knowing what you want to do and where you want to go. So if you're a senior now, though, you're 12 months away from graduating. What I highly suggest that you do is sit down and think about what are your top values in life? And or at least right now, again, this is stuff that like my values when I graduated from Unbound and when I graduated from uh, my master's degree are slightly different than what they were or than what they are now. So, but for now, take your top values in life. And this can be stuff like you value freedom over a lot of things, or you value safety, or you value family, or you value innovation, you value um, courage, you value any, really, I mean, it can be anything, but it'll be specific for you. And then sit down and think about what are the companies that you would like to work for, or what are the industries that you want to work in? And once you 
that will help start to put together. Well, actually, I would recommend that you look at what industries are you interested in now? And then what companies in those industries are you interested in? So I ended up haphazardly finding myself in retail and at JCPenney. And if you know me, um, I have a very simple Navy shirt. Retail is not my thing, but <laughs> it's a lot of other people's thing. And the people who loved working at JCPenney loved retail. I did not love retail. So um, so you can end up in a place that you just don't like. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But again, that's where you get greater clarity. But bring it back. Identify what industry seems really interesting to you right now. And then the top 10 or 15 companies that you would like to work for or people you would like to work with in the industries, and then start reaching out to people in that industry. So um, who are doing what it is that you want to do. So if you're interested, the way this looked for me, okay, so here's the way it looked for me. In my master's degree, you're required to take an internship between your first and second year. In my second semester of grad school, I took a grant writing class that was really cool. I really loved learning about it. I thought it was interesting. And I would, I was like so excited to be able to maybe have an internship in DC. So as I was going about trying to find internships, I thought grant writing was really cool. And I wanted to work in DC. So that helped focus a lot of my internship search. So I wasn't trying to find internships in anything anywhere. I was trying to find a grant writing internship in Washington, D.C. So when it came time for me to start looking for an internship, I just knew exactly like it took a lot of the guesswork, like 80% of the guesswork out. And it helped me focus my job or my internship search. And that's what I recommend you do here is figure out what are your values, what industry do you want to be in, what companies have similar values in that industry, and then you can get on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great resource. If you're not on LinkedIn yet, you need to hop on LinkedIn because then you can go to companies and find people who, are, who have the job title that you want. And then you can just start reaching out to them and ask them questions about, what do they do? How did they get there? What do they think about it? What do they like about it? What do they not? And that, as you do that, um, a term for that a lot is called informational interviews. But as you do that, you'll start to figure out, oh, that sounds really cool. Let me do that. Or, oh, that doesn't sound as cool as I thought it would. Let me not, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so if you just do that, it'll start to give you a lot of clarity around what you want to do. And then also you need to be real honest with yourself. Are you willing to move anywhere? And is like the world your oyster? Or do you want to stay close to family? Or do you want to, is there a part of the US or a part of the world that you've always wanted to live in for a little bit? Because that will guide where you start looking and where, yeah, where you'll start looking and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm delighted hearing some of these things. Uh, if you've taken our navigate courses, this, uh, you know, start focusing your top values. We teach this and navigate as orientation, which is asking kind of the big questions in life and sort of figuring out, you know, no matter what, what do I think my purpose is and all those things. And then everything else kind of flows out of that. And then when you say, start looking at the industries that you're interested in and specifically the companies you're interested in, uh, that's definitely in, in uh, Navigate. We talk about the location, destination. Where are you right now and, and what general direction do you want to go? And once again, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I picked up on you saying, you know, this is, again, not finding your dream job, right? This is what do I have an interest in right now? Um, what are the things I yeah. think are interesting? Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan, but I don't think you ever got paid to be a grant writer, right? No, no, I never got paid to be a grant writer. But I learned over eight weeks or I had an eight week internship and within week two, I knew I did not want to be a grant writer at all. And I'm so glad I found that out over an eight week internship rather than always thinking, oh, that'd be a really cool thing to do. Then get a job doing it where now like I'm actually committed long term and finding out within two weeks, I hate this. I really don't like this. 
Well, that, that's something to really kind of zero in on a little bit here. So again, I want you to, I want all of you to hear this really carefully. So Jonathan said he picked something, he took a class, he loved this, right? So, so one class, he loved this stuff. Now, okay, now there's a couple of ways this can start to fly off the rails here, right? The first thing is Jonathan can take this class and say, I love this. I know I'm doing this for the rest of my life. I'm going to change my graduate. And I don't know if you can actually do this, but you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to re refigure my entire graduate program to getting a graduate degree in grant writing. And I don't actually think that's a thing, but I've, I've seen people do similar things, right? Like I, I took this one class and love it. I'm going to change my major. Yeah. Uh, now all my contacts, everything else is going to be like this. Uh, that's I'm, all my eggs are in this basket. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to get to the other side. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't like grant writing. Now, now listen carefully because I know lots of attorneys who love being attorneys and are really, really good at it. And I think being an attorney is a phenomenal profession and a fantastic opportunity for lots of people. But for whatever reason, I, I happen to know a disproportionately large amount of people who were absolutely sure they wanted to be an attorney, absolutely sure they wanted to do law school the whole way through, put all their eggs in that basket, did law school the whole nine yards, got out. And after six months went, oh my goodness, I hate this job. But now I've got colossal debt and colossal yeah. connections because I've got a law degree and it just really is impossible to do anything else. Right. So I just want you to hear that, that he, you know, he said, OK, I love grant writing. Well, that informed the next thing. So he took action. Right. He said, OK, I've got some curiosity about this. So how can I test this? How can I lean into this? So well, I'm going to get an internship in grant writing. He took the internship in grant writing, did it. Um, and then would you say second week? You were like, oh, man, this is not <laughs> this is not for me. Yeah. Now, I want you to. Yeah. Yeah, I want to focus on that for a second because it, that can be characterized as failure. And, and I don't, and failure in this way in a very good sense, right? Mm -hmm. I made a decision, a, a guess about something, and I turned out to be incorrect, right? And I just want people to sort of realize yep. that, first of all, Jonathan did this well because it was an internship and so it was only an eight week commitment. And so that was fine. He learned some things out of it and all that stuff. But I just want to point out that this could also be a job at the front end of your career or the later end of your career. And you get into it and yeah. you know, on review, you say, you know what? This is not really. This is not really where I want to go. And then, uh, Jonathan, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does not appear to me that your foray into grant writing that you decided you didn't like turned out to have any massive detrimental impact on the rest of your life or career, right? I mean, like you're not you're not still crippled, no. bruised, and bleeding from that, are you? No, not at all. Not at all. And, and I think that's the point I want to kind of focus in on because I, I just find people are so terrified of failure and so terrified of getting this wrong and so convinced that they have to know all these answers before they actually test them. And I just want to point out that here's an example of somebody who did it the way that we often tell people to do it. Like, just go out, try this, uh, get, get moving in a direction, make some iterative decisions, try those things out. And if they don't work, then reset and do something else. And you did. So maybe pick up the rest of the story, Jonathan. So you come back from the internship, finish it, decide grant writing's not for you. What was, you know, if we go back here, I don't know if the, was it your next job then, JCPenney? What was the next thing you tried? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And before we hop onto that part, what I want to make really clear is that there's, there's a principle here of places where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So I picked up this, this concept from Ken Coleman, who's a part of the Dave Ramsey team. Yep. Um, and he talks about their... There are a number of places that you need to be, but two of them are you need to be in a place where you can learn and a place where you can practice. And what I want to highlight from this grant writing experience is I was in a place to learn. So I learned grant writing through a class. And then the immediate next step, the natural next step is if you like it, find a place to practice it. And when you go to find a place to practice, even if you fail, you don't like it, it's not a big deal. Or like, yeah, if you don't like it, if it's just not your thing, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And it doesn't mean that you are a bad person. It's just not for you. So wherever you can be finding places to learn, which can, thanks to smartphones and all that, it can be YouTube and podcasts and books, find a place to learn about what you want to do. And then just find places where you can practice it. Because as you find places to practice you can real quick figure out, do I like this or do I not? And since it's a practice environment, it's very low pressure. You likely don't have a lot of, um, there's not a lot of responsibility on you. So if you mess up, it's not that big of a screw up for you or for the company. And you learned a lot out of it. So, but, so I come back from my uh, internship and so now I have another year before I need to, or before I graduate and I need to find a job. 
and I have to go back to the drawing board. And if there's anything I can encourage you, there's absolutely nothing wrong coming back to the drawing board. I have now gone at least three or four times in my life. I've gone back to the drawing board. But at each time, there's more on the drawing board for me to pull off of. So now I come back and I'm starting to look at what do I want to do after I graduate? I admittedly, and so here, I'll have some real talk here with you guys. I spent the next year only focusing on school. I did not look a single bit at what like job search and those kind of things. I was still like kind of going out and, you know, doing some informational interviews, but I was so focused on school. I didn't even like look at anything. And um, I might get in trouble with Jonathan for this, but if there is anything I can encourage you to do, skimp on your classes, like and focus on what you want to do and meeting with those people. Yeah. So you're, you're actually, you're not only not going to get in trouble, you're going to delight us because, you know, we're much, very much a project based learning system in Unbound. Yes. And uh, so yes. what you said, we actually would echo that we uh, actually think the classes are whatever's necessary. There's a couple of classes we think are really important, like uh, signature leadership courses. After that, yeah. we consider them a bit of a necessary evil. And uh, we yeah. want whatever you, when you're taking them, we want you to be harvesting them for this practicality and the stuff that's really real. Uh, that's why we call it project-based yeah. learning. So yeah, just okay. not to get you too off track, but not only are you not in trouble, yeah. but we fully endorse this. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You do not focus, because this is what I fell into. I focus so hard and trying to get straight A's through grad school, which by the way, did not happen that I wasn't even focused on what would happen next. And coincidentally, what the rest of my life would be filled with. And so like, just hear me on this. Do not be so focused on finding value in your grade and what scores you get that you forget what's actually important, which is the stuff that you'll do in all the years that you'll spend out of college. So if it, if it means that like you get a low score on a, test or on a paper or something like that, but you spent time connecting with people who are doing what it is that you want to do, ultimately that's a win. Now, if you spent that time watching Netflix, that's your problem and that's not helping anybody. But if you spend it getting coffee with someone who's doing what you want to do and you learn some great things out of it, great. Like let that score go. It's not a big deal. Just to let you know, we're happy with you for two reasons now. One, we agree with your opinion on, on academics. And two, we love to make Netflix basically the villain for everything that's wrong with pretty much everything. So so you're just like, nice. I just, nice. just want to let you know you're on a twofer here. Like we're, we're <laughs> academically, we're fine. Awesome. And then if you picked out Netflix as the villain, we're even happier. So anyhow, carry on. So <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, so because if you if you don't focus on that at all, you focus on school. Let me tell you this, because I've been here. There is not a job fairy that comes to your door on graduation and hands you a job. <laughs> that does not happen. And I didn't realize I was living with that kind of reality, that kind of fantasy, honestly, that kind of fantasy in my head until I got my diploma. I walked across the stage and the next day, I'm now the 23-year-old master's degree student who's unemployed and shocker, I moved back in with my parents. So that is not, that was a low point for me. I never thought I would be that person. And I'm so thankful for that journey though, because over eight months, I figured out that the worst thing to do in a job search is to sit and just like apply for as many jobs as you can. That is the least effective, least efficient, biggest waste of your time. But it's something that nobody taught me how to job search. And that's just kind of what seemed to make sense. So I had to go through eight months of learning, of unlearning how to job search and then learning how to do it well in a way that sets you up for success for the rest of your life, honestly, like the rest of your career, if you figure out how to do this, then you will never want for a job and opportunities will end up coming to you. 
And you'll have to turn down opportunities instead of like being a beggar and so thankful when a company offers you a job. Once again, there's just some really important things here. You're saying some great stuff here, Jonathan, in addition to the fact that you trash Netflix and uh, agree with us on the academic side of things. But what I... (laughs) What I, what I want to do is is kind of, again, just sort of raise up some of this and and say, when we think about education, and, and this is a pet peeve of mine, so if you're kind of a little bit on your soapbox here, I'm going to get on mine as well, and that I find that- There you go, that, get on it. Yeah, I, I find that, that there's this kind of, I loved your job fairy analogy, right? There is this definite idea that people think the job fairy is let out of the bottle by getting a four-year degree. Um, by getting a degree of any kind. And, and, and the bigger, yeah. there's a bigger job genie that comes if you get a master's degree. And so there's this idea that the way to get these things is to get this magic credential and then you wave it and then poof, jobs just, it's like, it's like the degrees of magic wand as we can mix up all our little fantasy metaphors here. And, um, and then poof, <laughs> these jobs, these jobs just show up. And, and not only is that wrong, it's just damagingly wrong. And so I just want to say something really clear here to expand on what Jonathan's saying. The, the only way it makes sense for every piece of every one of your academic classes to be equally important is if you are going to be an academic for the rest of your life. So so let me just say that again. If you're going to be a college professor or you're going to be something that is purely academic, that's the only time where it really matters. Like all of the content of your classes really matters. just, Just let that sink in and think about that for a second. If you're not going to be an academic, your classes, and, and you think that you're, and, and part of the reason you're getting a degree, now there could be other reasons to get a degree, but if, if the primary reason you're getting a degree is because of employment, then the only reason your classes matter is if they reveal something, teach something, or connect you to something that actually relates to being able to get your job. Now, now that can connect mm-hmm. in surprising ways, right? You might take a class in college that has nothing to do with every job, with, with job, but it taught you how to learn something complicated, figure it out. And, and be able to sort of to work your way through that. So there's self-discipline there. There's being able to figure out what your boss wants, in this case, your professor, and deliver that. There's that. There's a, the ability comes from having to learn something complicated and sort of make yourself understand it. Those could be all really incredible job skills, right? So, so I'm not saying that every class is just useless. I'm just saying that, remember, though, that class that you're taking, um, I took a class that I'm trying to think back on, on some of the classes that I took that might fall into that uh, realm. Okay, Spanish for me. Like people often think speaking another language is really helpful. Well, I took Spanish and did not help me speak another language. It just helped me lower my GPA. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So so if that's the case and you're um, taking a Spanish class, look, you know, unless you're going to go work someplace where you have to have the second language, uh, Spanish itself is not going to help you. And so just keep that in mind. It's just saying you have took a Spanish class without being able to proficient in the language helps you not at all. But if taking that Spanish class taught you as it taught me, how to do something really complicated, and ultimately how to figure out how to succeed at something I was really bad at because if I didn't, I wasn't going to be able to graduate. No, those things, those end up being transferable skills, right? I, I can't speak any Spanish, exactly. but I learned how to do something complicated and at the end, how to, in desperation, do whatever needed to be done to <laughs> ethically and fairly pass that class so I could actually graduate. And those skills ended up being transferable. So just wanted to kind of pull that out a little bit and say there's some really cool things here and, and maybe some interesting perspective that are really helpful that ought to both depressurize your educational experience and help you gain some absolutely essential perspective on what exactly you're getting an education for. And again, if you're getting it to be an academic, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. There's phenomenal careers. And you're going to work for a think tank or work for a college or university, then these things make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. But most of us and most of the people listening to this podcast that's not the kind of people we're talking to. And so yeah. knowing that distinction yeah. would be really important. So, well, Jonathan, as yeah. we come down into the home stretch. Well, and another thing to remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and then one, one quick thing. So another thing to remember is like, there's the 80-20 principle in life. So if you look at that in regards to your degree and what classes really matter, there's about 24 credit hours that really matter mm-hmm. to you and your degree. And if each classes about three credit hours that means there's only eight classes that really really matter now you know unbound has a really great program so like definitely pay attention to the signature leadership courses and all of those things but just know that you know i mean if you are if you're going to go into a business related degree and you have to learn 
you know, you have to have some basic sciences because that's what the degree requires. Well, you know, figure out what you need to do to pass that class, but you shouldn't be spending hours and hours trying to get an A in that class when you should be spending hours and hours trying to really perform well in your communications class or your leadership class or um, accounting class or something like that. Because that will actually be applicable to your life after college. And, you know, know, you know, it's another joke. Knowing that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell is nice to know, but it's not that important to your business decisions or leadership decisions. Yeah, no, that's excellent. So, well, we've got time for just a little bit here, more here. So on this home stretch, let me ask one last question and maybe we can kind of compact this a little bit. But um, okay, so now I'm a young professional. I'm starting my career. Um, and let's go with both of these, right? It could be that I've started my career and I'm kind of like, I'm not sure if I'm in the right place. But it could also mean I started my career and I like this. Um, what should I be paying attention to? So yeah. as we finish up, uh, if you could have some short advice for what what would you tell people that are in their career and just starting? What are the things they should be? What are the things they should be focused on or should really be paying attention to? Yeah. So again, I'm super excited about this group of people as well because now you actually have some le- like all experience is legitimate, but now like you have some like real experience that's going to look good on a resume and that people will actually respect more than an internship or a part-time job somewhere. And that will help lend some credibility to you as you start looking for another position. If you're like, Hey, this is not what I want to do. Um, or if you already, if you're like, Hey, this is what I want to do, then that's also great. Um, what I would highly encourage you to do is, Talk with your manager, talk with your boss and ask them um, if you like what you're doing, ask them, tell them that you like what you're doing because a lot of people don't do that. So tell them that you enjoy doing what you're doing and that you would like to have some more responsibility if that's something that you want to, if that's something you want. Um, You know, again, this comes into that concept of stewardship. If you steward well what's been given you, and you enjoy what you're doing, then the natural thing your boss will want to do is give you more work because they know that you've been faithful with little, so now you can be faithful with more. Um, If you are not enjoying what you're doing, again, come back to all of these navigate concepts and identify, is it the place where you're working? Because it might just be if you moved to a different company but did the same thing, you'd feel better about what you were doing. Is it or it might actually just be the work that you're doing. That was That's what it was for me. It was a work I was doing, did not connect with my values. I didn't, I wasn't even very good at it and I felt drained every day. So it might be the work that you're doing or it might just be the people that you're doing it with. So, which may cause you to, again, need to move to a different company. But if it's, if it's either the place or the people you're doing it with, then I think that you have a responsibility to do what you can to uh, to try and make that better. So especially if it's people that you're working with, because it might just be you, everyone has different communication styles and you're just not on the same communication wavelength or you don't know how to communicate with them. Well, you shouldn't leave. You should just try to figure out how to communicate with them. But if you go through those things you know, I mean, even the Bible talks about this, like as far as it concerns you be as be at peace with everyone. So you need to do, you need to take some personal responsibility and ownership and say, I want to try and make this better. And then go to your, your manager, your boss and ask for how you can help make it better. Now, if you keep doing that, like what I did, I really tried to do that. And it is still not working out. Well, that's a pretty good indication that it's probably the work or the place that's not right. And so then at that point, you just start going around and having some more inter- informational interviews about uh, or with people who are doing what you think you want to do next. And again, I like can't stress enough the power of having coffee with somebody and talking with them about this because you'll get to learn so much more about what, you're, what you think sounds interesting over coffee and it'll help you 
it'll help guide your decisions so much more than if you just like went both feet and completely pivoted into something else. And now you just end up in a worse situation. Whereas if you'd got, if you'd taken 45 minutes to sit down with coffee for someone doing that, you'd have figured out, Oh, I really don't like, that's not something I want to do. So my biggest piece of advice is one, like actually self-assess and take some ownership to try and figure out what can you do to make the situation better. After you've done that, then start looking out and start finding the people who do what you want to do and get to know them better and talk with them and find ways to add value to them. And I mean, that can be pretty simple, like buying them coffee and actually listening and following through on what they have to say. Like, I'm sure... Like if you sat down with Jonathan and asked for his advice, one of the biggest ways that you can add value to Jonathan is to follow his advice. Come back and say, I did this. Can I ask some more questions? Like this isn't about like you being able to give them a thousand dollars or stuff like that. Like just follow through on their advice because they care about you and want to see you succeed. And that's the other thing. Like these people who are like 40, 50, 60 years old, like they want to see you succeed. And more often than not, they're, they don't feel threatened by you or anything. They just, they're excited that someone else is taking interest in what they're doing. So that that's kind of long winded, but if you're a young professional, that's, that's what I suggest that you do right now. No, that's great advice. And I'll just, I'll just add to what Jonathan said there at the end which is I have so many people that say that they don't think they have anything to offer. They're scared to ask people. Um, So just observe the simple truth. People like talking about themselves and people like talking about things that they're good at. If you're talking to an older professional, and I don't know where you want to define that 40 up or whatever, but somebody who's, who's recognizably good at what they do, there's probably nothing they enjoy more than being able to talk about what they're good at. And so in, in giving them a chance to do that is almost an, well, not almost should be considered an act of service. And Jonathan's right. Most of them want to give back and want to make people successful, but everybody typically loves being able to share with what they know. You know, you can find this in people that have hobbies. You can find this with people that are good at their jobs, whatever. But, you know, when you ask them for advice and, 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 and want to know what they do, uh, they typically love doing that because who doesn't like to talk about something they're good at? Uh, Jonathan, I just spent uh, an hour's worth of your time on this podcast, talk about stuff that we're good at. And I think we're both enjoying yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there's there's a good example. So, well, Jonathan, thank you so much. There's some excellent information here. I just want to tell you that, look, for over, I'm, I'm not a young professional like Jonathan is in the sense that I'm just started out. Um, I've been doing this and, and this being talking to young people about colleges and careers and sort of investigating these uh, for now over 20 years. And to some extent, I got into this because I didn't know how to do it either. So like Jonathan, I had the same kind of background where I was like, wait a second, this isn't working out. And I'm really stressed about this. How do I figure this out? And I've spent the last 20 years trying to sort of figure that out and then pass on what I've learned. And I can tell you that the the advice he just gave is golden. It's way better than you'll get in most books that you'll read. It's way better than the junk you'll get most of the places online. Uh, One of my pet peeves, anybody heard me talk knows this. Uh, you know, people say, you know, just do whatever you're passionate about. You never work on the day of your life. I despise that so much. Uh, we were laughing because our staff just posted this in Slack today. Somebody got a little, an app, just gave them that advice. And I said, the little icon beside it should have been a burning dumpster because that's what it is. It's a dumpster fire of advice. It's terrible. This is good yeah. advice. This, this is the kind of advice that I should help you uh, stress less, be way more effective, relax, and enjoy this process. Because one thing we didn't quite make perfectly clear is that you may not start in your dream job. Forget that. You won't start in your dream job, right? Yeah. Uh, But that doesn't mean that this process should not be enjoyable and interesting and exciting and lead you to a lot of great places. And so knowing that and knowing that you you can get to your dream job if you do some of the right things, and those right things just tend to be taking action, moving in the right direction, reflecting on what's happened, uh, stewardship, clarity, and connection. And you're going to get there. That can make all the difference in kind of your satisfaction. And look, a job's not everything, but we are made to work. And when we're doing something effective, it does have a major impact on the rest of our lives. And uh, so this is a big thing that most people are misinformed about. And if you've been listening to this, you'll be better informed. So we're going to wrap up here. But as we finish, uh, first, thanks to Jonathan. Uh, Unbound students, be paying attention because we are partnering up with Jonathan to provide a lot more of this content. Uh, You'll be seeing him across our social media platforms and some other ways. Uh, For those of you who are 
um, interested in Jonathan. And specifically, if you're interested in direct coaching from Jonathan, that's very possible. And he does that. And that's his thing right now. Um, and that's his primary job. And so in the show notes, uh, we'll put information on how to reach out to Jonathan directly. And uh, we can't recommend him highly enough or endorse him highly enough for that kind of career coaching. So if you're anything from a student to about to graduate to a young professional who's in need of some direct one-on-one coaching, uh, we know Jonathan's fantastically trained, well-experienced, and you just heard some of the stuff he's got. And so definitely check that out. Um, in other news, uh, be paying attention if you're an Unbound student, uh, Basecamp registration is going to be opening up soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, this is a really exciting event that we're looking forward to. It's going to be in January down in Florida. Uh, Basecamp is all about teaching you uh, the critical skills, critical life skills that you need that, as we talk about, aren't always covered in academics. So how to manage time, mm-hmm. how to manage tasks, and how to be excellent in relationships. And we tell you that if you finish up boot camp, uh, you're going to be way better than average at those three things. You're going to understand uh, the team and personal triangle in terms of where your strengths lie. And this is not some weird personality test. This is just a really quick, fast, easy, practical way for you to figure out what kind of work you typically like to do and are good at and what that means in terms of how do you apply that to the rest of your life. So if you're interested in those kinds of things, watch for our um, upcoming announcements about Basecamp registration opening up. And along with that, um, registration is opening for the next Ascend class. Now, this is important to pay attention to. Uh, This is our primary program. Uh, You can sign up for 9, 15, or 30 transferable credits. So we guarantee we'll transfer into whatever program you're headed to, as well as teach a lot of these fundamental things that we've been talking about in this podcast. Uh, registration and will not, there will not be a chance to enroll in Ascend again until next fall. Uh, so if you're interested in Ascend at all and you're interested in starting, uh, now it's time to look at that. And so that registration will be opening soon. You can schedule, go to our website and schedule an appointment now to learn more about that. And uh, if you're a current student and you have somebody, a friend who you think would be a great Ascend student, that's the best way for us to build our Ascend class and keep an eye open for some updated information about our referral program and some changes coming that should be, that you should be excited about. So Once again, thanks for listening to the Unbound Podcast. Jonathan, we really appreciate your time today and I really appreciate your excellent advice. And I will look forward to working with you in the future and continuing to provide great information like this for Unbound students and everybody else who listens to this podcast and follows what we do. Uh, Until next time, I will look forward to seeing you in the next episode and I hope you all have a great rest of your day wherever you are.